What is up, guys? Hope your weekend is starting off well. Welcome to the Out of the Pin podcast on Trackstar Sports Network. Um, you know, if you haven't started following Trackstar Sports yet, please go and do that. Obviously, you can find us on every, anywhere you listen to your podcast, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, wherever. But make sure you jump on social media, uh, follow Trackstar Sports. It's Trackstar Sports with a Z at the end of track stars uh find us on twitter join the debate fuel uh group on facebook talk sports all week long with us uh that'd be fantastic uh i am eric boston track star sports mlb correspondent and with me i, I want to say oh like always but honestly this is the first time in a few weeks that we've been here um but mr ryan cameron how are we doing my friend you know what, Eric? I'm doing great tonight, man. I'm glad we both get to be on the show together this week. It felt lonely last week without you. It was weird. So I'm happy we're back together, man. Yeah, me too, man. So, you know, a couple weeks ago, you know, I, I tried to do this thing solo. And, um, yeah, I miss having you around. But, you know, it was for a good reason, right? You were traveling from Missouri up to Ohio, got to go hang out at the Columbus Clippers uh chat with their gm uh just real quick before we get into the show man why don't you just uh kind of give us a little feedback you know how how was that trip man how did you enjoy it oh it was amazing you know um the columbus clippers have one of the greatest uh ballparks in, in baseball it's actually been voted best ballpark including the majors okay so minors oh, and wow. majors it's been voted the best ballpark seven out of the last 10 years it's amazing i got to sit down with ken snocky who has been the with the clippers for 42 years now um you know we got to talk about Derek jeter a little bit and uh, some other players that have came through there um you know he's invited us back up for the all-star game which they're hosting this year so, I mean, it was a phenomenal trip. It was awesome getting to talk to the players and everything. It was just a lot of fun. And, you know, uh, off of that, I will be with the Springfield Cardinals, who are the St. Louis Cardinals AA affiliate uh, this Sunday. So, uh, everyone, make sure to look for, uh, look for that on our website and um, on our Twitter and things. So, yeah, it should be a lot of fun, man. Awesome, man. That, that, uh, that's great, man. I mean, you know so much history up there i mean to sit there and talk with a guy that's been around baseball for you know over four decades and seeing guys like Derek jeter man i mean what an experience man i'm, I'm glad that got to happen for you my friend uh, but i'm even more happy that you are back here with us tonight absolutely all right all right guys so man a lot of stuff has happened ryan here lately um i think you know perhaps the biggest uh thing to hit baseball this week was the suspension of Robinson Cano of the Seattle Mariners uh, suspended 80 games uh, for obviously a uh, banned substance. Um, I was kind of looking at this, Ryan. It, it was a diuretic that he took that he said he was prescribed. He didn't know that it was list uh, up according to him. You know, we've heard this several times from players. Um, one thing I found that was pretty interesting, though, Ryan, is that under the MLB policy, a player is not automatically suspended for using a diuretic unless the MLB can prove that he intended to use it as a masking agent to hide something else. 
And the fact that Cano just accepted the suspension and didn't, you know, fight it. Um, and, and with that being their policy, that kind of made me think, man, you know, he must have been doing something and he knew he was doing it and just playing got caught. What did you make of this uh, uh, happening this week, Ryan? Well, look, he was taking steroids. And, and you know, whether he's going to come out and say it or not, uh, he was. I mean, uh, several players around him, uh, Mark Teixeira, who we played with for many years in, in New York, actually went on ESPN radio yesterday. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it, but – he was talking about how it didn't even surprise him that Robinson Cano uh, was using steroids because of who he surrounded himself by. Uh, you know, he's very good friends with uh, Alex Rodriguez, and uh, his physician was actually on the report um, that, you know, all of the steroid users came out on. So, you know, there was a lot of signs ahead that led to it. Um, you know, so he can say it's diuretic pills. You know, that's what they're all going to say because he has that sliver – uh, of hope that he might still ma- make the Hall of Fame one day, which all of that's gone now, but that's for another episode. But, you know, I, I think it's shameful. I'm one of those people that um, I'm a purist when it comes to baseball, and I think you play the game the right way and, and you don't cheat it. If you're not good enough to play anymore, you retire. You know, we've seen it several times. You know, uh, look at a Chipper Jones. Chipper Jones could have took steroids and stayed around for another four or five years, but he didn't. Whenever it was his time, he left. You know, um, I love using Chipper as a as a baseball fan because you know he was one of the the greatest baseball players. He was one of the, be- the best baseball guys around. You know, so whenever you see stuff like Cano and Alex Rodriguez, it bums me out. It, it breaks my heart whenever I see this stuff, and not only. Uh, because he's using steroids, but also because I picked the Mariners over the Yankees to make the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and make this public, Eric. Are you ready? If we had a drum, we would do a drum roll. I am switching my pick to New York. Now, listen, listen. I know everyone's going to be all over me about this because the Yankees, you know, won 21 out of 23 or whatever it was, and Sure, they're going to make the playoffs, but this gives me a reason to back out of my pick. The New York <laughs> Yankees will make the playoffs this year. I've announced it now. Well, you're probably going to make a lot of people happy there, right? Now, with Robinson Cano, um, as you know and as our listeners know, I'm a huge Kansas City Royals fan. So I kind of just have to dislike Robinson Cano by default, right? Uh, if we think back a few years ago when – the all-star game was in Kansas city. There is a lot of hostility that Kansas city fans still hold towards Cano because he, he did not choose to put Billy Butler on the home run derby squad. Mm -hmm. And it was in Kansas city. So, you know, every time he comes to the K he gets booed. So, you know, from a baseball standpoint, I mean, I've always, I've always kind of wanted to like Robinson Cano, right? Um, I mean, he was a fantastic player, um, but because of the Kansas City fan in me, I'm like, good, maybe he's finally getting what he deserves. But you, you know that that list that you were talking about, the biogenesis list, like looking at it a little further, 
I think you're right. It just totally made sense. I think Mark Teixeira was right. I mean, his exact quote was, I'm not surprised. I think a lot of people are kind of saying the same thing because Robinson Cano's assistant, like you said, was named in the biogenesis report. And not only is he good friends with A-Rod, he's good friends with Melky Cabrera, who was also popped with a suspension due to that uh, biogenesis case. So the one thing I was thinking about was, if you know, all this stuff is adding up, right? Why did it take them so long to figure out? Oh well, Cano, part of this as well. I mean, do do you have anything that you think could be a reason for why it took them so long to point him out as a cheater, basically? Well, who's to say how long he's been doing it, Eric? You know, no one knows. I mean, I can't sit here and say, oh, well, Robinson Cano has been been using steroids since 2007 or 2009, whatever the case may be. No one knows. Maybe he's at the end of his career. And look, if you look at this steroids issue, a lot of it is at the end of people's careers. Sure, you have uh, the, you know, you players who also have been busted for using steroids no doubt about it but these big name players that use steroids it's always at the end of their career uh you know and usually it's honestly people who don't even need to use steroids you know look at mark mcguire sammy sosa you know barry bonds these guys didn't need to use steroids and they did you know robinson cano is another another one of the on the list now that didn't need to do it, but did it. And he got caught and he's going to pay it. He's going to pay for it hard. You know what? He's not going to be a hall of famer now. And I thought he, he could have been a hall of famer. I think he was a third or fourth ballot hall of famer. And I thought that, you know, he was definitely headed for Cooperstown. And, you know, I've always kind of liked Robinson to know. So, I mean, that kind of bummed me out even more that, you know, um, that this happened, but it's not surprising. Um, you know, this is the biggest one that we've had since Alex Rodriguez. So, uh, so, you know, it, it's a pretty big deal. And, you know, he's also not going to be allowed to play in the postseason this year if the yeah. Mariners do make it. So, you know, what he needs to do now, in my opinion, is retire. I, I mean, sure, you can come back and play for another year or two, but guess what? You're going to be hated everywhere you go doesn't matter what you're going to do for your numbers because you're not making the hall of fame. It's just not going to happen now. Uh, you know, just hang them up. You, you cheated, you got caught. You're not playing baseball anymore. I mean, that's the way it should be from the get go. I'm so sick of these 80 game suspensions and stuff. If a player is caught cheating the game with steroids, why are they still allowed to play the game even in 80 games? He's still going to play in the same season. He'll be back in September. Well, I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Now, the one thing with, with Cano is that, you know, he is um, on the DL, and, and that kind of plays into that factor. And I, I think you're right. I mean, I think you look at it and say, hey, I'm injured. I'm going to miss the bulk of this season. Um because we're already a quarter of the way through the season, which is crazy. Um, and he so was going to miss eight weeks. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from. I don't think you'll see it right now. Does it happen in the off season? Maybe. But it's just one of those things where, like, you know, it seems like no matter what sport it is, I mean, obviously we're talking baseball. We love baseball. But any sport that we look at, it's a regular thing. There's these – instances that come up that leave a black mark on the sport now one thing 
that's gotten a lot of attention this week that has the that's the complete opposite of putting a black mark. You know, something that the MLB can really hang their hat on and push to help promote their image is Chad Bettis in Colorado. Pitcher, um, you know, got diagnosed with testicular cancer uh, back in May of 2017, May 16th to be exact. He took his last treatment uh, for that cancer and came back in August of last year uh, through a seven shutout innings pitched game versus the Braves. Um, and you know what? What I thought was so great about this story, Ryan, is that um, Bettis's agent came to sit with him during one of his cancer treatments. And the agent kind of, you know, was solemn. He felt bad about the situation. Bettis was hype and he was telling him, hey, I'm going to be the I'm going to come back and I'm going to dominate the you know what out whenever I get back to the bigs. And so far, Ryan, I mean, he's doing it. I don't know how deep you've looked at this man, but, um, you know, he's fifth in the NL in war right now with the 1.8. He's second in road ERA in the National League to Johnny Cueto. He, Bettis is rocking a 1.35 away from uh, Coors. So he is pitching very well. And he's not – you know, the modern day pitcher either. He is a very traditional, you know, averages 90 miles an hour, but he's got four pitches and he works the entire zone. Uh, and, and throwing your home games in Colorado, we all know is not easy. I mean, how great of a story is this that, uh, that the MLB can kind of really push during the same week as they have this incident with uh, Robinson Cano? How, how great is this story, Ryan? I mean, it's tremendous, and, and that's the great thing about baseball, right, is that, yeah, you're going to have a couple bad stories like in any other sport, but baseball always seems to have these great stories, you know, uh, no matter what it is. It, it just seems like baseball is one of those sports where you're going to hear so much more good than you are bad. And, you know, Bettis, I mean, it's tremendous. I mean, the he – he got diagnosed with cancer less than a year ago, and he's pitching this phenomenally already. I mean, it, it's about as impressive as it gets. It shows how much work he put into not only fighting and beating his cancer, but also coming back and, and pitching in the major leagues and being one of the better pitchers in the major league. It, it says a lot, and it's a great story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely exciting to to, to read the details on it and, and to watch. I mean – uh, you know, like we've said, we're kind of baseball purists, man. And I've got a soft spot in my heart for those guys that can, that aren't just sitting up there trying to blow fastballs by guys that they are really, you know, they're using their off speed pitches. They're working the entire zone, you know, inside, outside, up, down. Uh, and the one cool thing about him is he's one of those guys that go out and he's got the, the socks and the stirrups, you know, he's got them pulled up high. I mean, he's just a throwback to what baseball was, whenever I was a kid and I fell in love with the game, man. I mean, it's just great to see. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he, he's a, and this is an Indians fan in me, but he's a Corey Kluber type, right? I mean, these old school guys that don't blow it by you, but they're, they're so masterful on the mound that they make it work. I mean, it, it's fun to watch him pitch. Yeah. Uh, so w- was there anything else that um, happened over the past week, right? I mean, like, 
you know, like we said, it's been a few weeks since me and you got to sit here and, and talk on this show. Is, has there been anything that's really caught your eye over the last uh, week or two? Well, you know, I got another feel-good story that I'm sure you and all the listeners have heard about. But, you know, Stephen Piscotti's mother passed away from Lou Gehrig's disease um, last week. And it's been well-known um, with the Cardinals trading him to the West Coast so he could spend time with his mother. So classy of the Cardinals. You know, this wasn't some throwaway minor league guy. I mean, they traded a very good baseball player just so he could be closer to his mom. And, you know, something very special that the St. Louis Cardinals did for him. And, uh, you know, she did end up passing away from Lou Gehrig's disease. And anyone who's lost a parent knows how hard this is, especially with a parent that is so close. You know, I just lost my father a few months ago. So, you know, I know what he's going through, and it's such a tough situation. And to come back and in his first – his first at bat, back, he hits a home run over the Green Monster in Boston. I mean, it's such a tremendous story. And, you know, obviously he was very emotional, as I think anyone would be. But, you know, it it was so cool to watch him do that and, you know – our prayers are obviously with him and it, it was just something really special to watch. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think the, one of the details there that you mentioned, that's very important too. I mean, obviously there's a lot of emotion going on uh, for Piscotti. You know, the situation is far from ideal. Uh, so it's, it's one of those, you know, it's a, it's a Disney movie, right? I mean, <laughs> that's what it's, it's adding up to essentially, but one critical thing is there that he was on the road they were in boston and the boston fans they understood the situation you know and they you know applauded for him they knew what just happened and and that was something that's awesome i got to go to a game at fenway a few years ago and uh i went in there you know wearing my royals gear i wasn't sure you know how these boston fans were going to react and i'll tell you what ryan Red Sox fans are some of the most genuine, just sincerely nice people that I've come across as far as, you know, opposing teams fans. And for them to sit there and do that for Piscotti, I mean, that's a a tip of the cap as well to them. I mean, all that does is just help, you know, promote this game that we love. Yeah. And that's, what's so great about baseball. There's very few fans uh, or team fans, I should say that are, that are kind of nasty um, you know, Toronto's fans, in my opinion, are are awful. But <laughs> I, I mean, they're awful. But to all of our listeners in Canada, you can uh, direct your comments to Ryan on Twitter. Direct, direct them <laughs> to me because I will bring it on. I mean, I've never in my life of watching baseball seen people throw beer bottles at people trying to catch balls. And, you know, they're just nasty fans. You know, I I got to go to a game in Cleveland last year against the Toronto Blue Jays. They were terrible sports. and But we're not talking about that. We're talking about the good in baseball. You know, so, yeah, there's so many great fans out there. And Boston is a baseball city, you know. I mean, it's the Red Sox, you know. And whenever you get around these true baseball fans, you know, it's – they're all so great. You know, Wrigley Field is great. Dodger Stadium all these fans are, are are just tremendous so yeah it was really cool of Boston to do what they did and and just uh you know really happy for Piscotty definitely definitely well hey I want to talk about 
someone that I'm a fan of, and and they're also a fan of the show, which is pretty awesome. And that is Podcast Republic, guys. If you own an Android device and you say, "Man, I just wish I could hear the Out of the Pen podcast on the Trackstar Sports Network," guess what? It is so easy. Go to your Play Store, download the Podcast Republic app. It's exclusively for Android. And Trackstar Sports just happens to be a featured network on the app. So you can find us right there, favorite Trackstar Sports, and get all your new out-of-the-pin podcast episodes each and every week right there on your phone, right there on your tablet, uh, log in on your desktop if people are still using desktops. I don't know. I mean, I do, but I but use the Podcast Republic app, guys. It is great. It makes listening to all your favorite podcasts so easy. Uh, I just love being able to open my phone, Ryan, and, and say, oh, look, here is the newest – Man, I, I don't know. I listen to so many podcasts. The Minimalist, or there's the new Donald Miller. Hey, there's a new episode from Trackstar Sports, and I can just listen to it in the car. I can listen to it at work. I listen to it taking a jog around the neighborhood whatever uh, but it's super easy guys download it from the play store and make sure you favorite Trackstar sports and listen to out of the pen every saturday on podcast republic uh ryan we are we have been working on going through the different divisions right and i think tonight we've got a great division to talk about my friend uh we are going to talk about the national league west and it is a there's there's some very interesting stuff going on. You have on Arizona and convinced that they would be able to stay on top. And so far they are proving me wrong. They are out to a 25 and 19 start. Uh, well, I mean, I guess you can't really call it a start anymore. We're a quarter of the way through the season, but a 25 and 19 record and sitting on top of the division. What do you feel about the Diamondbacks, Ryan? This whole division is so confusing to me, Eric. I, you know, I don't know how to really give an analysis on any of these teams at this point. I mean, Arizona is at the top of the division where we both saw them, you know. Um, so, I mean, they're playing. I mean, they're playing decent baseball right now. I mean, I, in their last ten games, they're two and eight, though. You know, um, yeah. The the you know the shocker about this is that if you look at their division, only three or only two teams in the division have a plus differential, and Arizona is one of them at a whopping plus sixteen. And the other surprising one is the Dodgers. Uh, who are at a plus three. Every other team in the division is at a minus 20 run differential or worse. I didn't see this coming from the NL West. You know, besides the Padres, anyways, I didn't really see this coming. And what's insane is that these Padres are only a half game back of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah, let's, let's talk about the Dodgers for a second. I mean, this is a team that, you know, went to the fall classic, right? They everyone just expected that they were going to come in and own this division and, and get back to the postseason. Um, but they've had some, some injury issues, right? And Kershaw gets put onto the DL recently. 
and here we are, you know, middle of May, and they are at 17 wins, 26 losses on the year. Uh, definitely not where you thought this team that's loaded with talent would be. And, you know, the, the front office came out this week saying manager Dave Roberts, his job is safe. You know, they're not worried about that. They're just going to get turned around. Um, my question for you, Ryan, is, is it going to get turned around? Or is this the season that the Dodgers are going to have out there in L.A.? I don't think this is the season that they're going to have, but I also don't think they're going to turn it around. There's too many injuries going on, and there's not enough confidence on this team right now for them to make a big playoff rush. Because, look, look at the teams ahead of them. Arizona is for real, okay? I don't care what anyone says. Colorado's for real, okay? San Francisco... I could see they're going to pass San Francisco. I, you know, they're for San Francisco's four games up on them right now. That'll change as the season goes through, I think. Um, but as far as catching Arizona and Colorado, I don't think that they're going to. Those two teams are very talented. They proved that this year. You know, they're proving that this year. Uh, so, no, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs if that's the question you're trying to ask me. But I do think that. They're going to turn it around. I don't think you're going to see them at 20 games below 500 at the end of the season, but I think they will be around the 500 mark. And I definitely think with all of these injuries, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think there's, even with the injuries, there's still a lot of talent on that roster. There so is. Got, yeah. They, I mean, they've got to start playing better at some point. Uh, you know, it, it's not a, a team that is you know, extremely young. I mean, they've got a lot of young talent, don't get me wrong, but they have been there. They know what it takes. So uh, I think they're at least going to put in a good effort and make it tough on, you know, teams like Arizona. And then, yeah, the, the Rockies, I mean, they're 24 and 20 right now. Uh, and, you know, that they're a team that with Arizona, they've just been kind of sneaky good the last few years and they're just continuing that run. I mean, obviously we know that, you know, you go to the Rockies, it's it's a fun team to be on be, from a hitter standpoint, right? Because playing in that home field is a huge advantage. But they've even start, started, uh, you know, getting some good pitching. Like uh, like we were talking about earlier, you know, Chad Bettis has been a great story. Uh, I mean, can Colorado the pressure on Arizona and, and make this a tight race for that division this year? Absolutely. They're going to, you know, uh, because of what you just said, they have the lineup to do it. Arizona is special. I mean, I, I don't think many people realize that because they're in Arizona, right? But right. they are a special team. They are a very, very good team. They're very well-rounded. They're very well-coached. And they're a strong team. But I also believe in Colorado, and I think that they're a strong team. So I, I do think it's going to be a close race. By no means is this going to be Arizona winning this division by 10 games. That's not going to happen. It's going to be a close race all the way through September. Um, I, I still would pick Arizona winning the division right now, uh, but I do think that, that Colorado is going to keep it very close throughout the entire season. But, you know, one thing that they're going to have to do is their bats are going to have to wake up, right? I mean, yes, they're, they're winning right now, but – minus 20 run differential you know uh, they've already allowed 196 runs now granted a lot of that is due to what course field right right but you know their bats have also only they've only uh 
they've only scored 176 runs this year, you know, which it's not very good, you know, 44 games into the season. But you know what? Their lineup's stacked. They're going to get those runs, and that's why I think they're going to make it close. The only reason that they're still close is because Arizona, like I said, is coming off a 2-8 and eight stretch. You know, if you turn that around to an 8-2 and two stretch, they've probably got a five-game lead in the division right now. But that's not the case. So they're only a game right now behind Arizona. So, I mean, yes, yeah. it's going to stay close throughout the entire season, I believe. Right. And so the team that uh, is in third place right now, uh, the San Francisco Giants, they're two and a half games behind Colorado for that second spot. But they also have a losing record at 22 and 23. We know the guys that uh, the Giants added during the offseason, Andrew McCutch and Evan Longoria. And they have, you know, a team that's been really good for a while now, right? I mean, the the whole, you know, luck of the even years, right? And whenever you got, you know, and I mean, it just looked like stuff was maybe stacking up for them to make another run in 2018, but they've been hit with injuries, right? Um, what What's your take on the Giants and can they – you know, at least make it tough on Arizona and Colorado in this division, or or is it really kind of just kind of come down to those two in a matter of who's going to finish on top? No, I don't think they're going to be able to make it close, and I don't think they're going to be able to make it close because they're pitching. And now look, with a with a healthy Madison Bumgarner and a healthy Johnny Cueto, absolutely they might they might win the division this year. But that's not the case, right? I mean, Cueto right. was pitching possibly the best best year of his career up until oh, hands he got down. hurt. You hands know, down. and uh, I mean, he was pitching like the best pitcher in baseball up until he got hurt. And Madison Bumgarner, as everyone knows, top five at least best pitchers in baseball whenever he's healthy. So, I mean, those two injuries alone – kill their chances at staying in this division they've actually got the fourth worst run different or run uh the fourth most runs allowed in the in the nl right now so no i don't think that they're going to keep it close because of their pitching staff and they don't they don't have the lineup either i don't think to really keep it close with arizona and colorado in my opinion of course for all you san fran fans out there (laughs) well i mean you know we kind of talked about this uh before ryan They've got the names, right? There's no, there's no doubt that they have the names in that roster, on that lineup. McCutcheon, Longoria, Posey, on and on and on. The question was, how much gas did some of these guys have left? You know, I mean, you don't win it based on names alone. And you get into these dog days of summer, it starts taking a toll, especially when you're aging. Um you know, can can those that veteran lineup do enough to keep them in the hunt, even despite the pitching concerns? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I believe in Evan Lagori and Andrew McCutcheon. I mean, they're, they're veterans, sure, but I mean, they they prepare themselves for this. So, yeah, I think that they can make it through the dog days, and I think that they're going to help out their pitching staff, but their pitching staff at the end of the day is so bad right now that there's only so much that they can do. I mean, right. and, and like I said, if it was, you know, Madison Bumgarner and Cueto and this lineup, yes, I would say absolutely. They can, 
you know, they can score enough runs to keep up with this division. But without those two pitchers, they're not going to be able to score enough runs to keep up with this division. I agree. I agree with you there. So there's one more team that that we got to talk about. Uh, and they're obviously the team that we both said are going to finish in the bottom of the division this year. And that's the San Diego Padres. And it just so happens that they also, you know, gave out one of the biggest contracts in the offseason to former Royals first baseman Eric Hosmer. Now, you know, people were really knocking this contract at the beginning of the year, Ryan, right? Um, you know, 140-plus million dollars, and he was and Haas wasn't doing a whole lot. But I can tell you as a Royals fan that that's just what Haas does. He starts slow. I mean, look at him over the last week or two. Haas is hot, and he's starting to look like, hey, maybe that money wasn't such a bad thing, you know, to spend on him. You know, he because he he's a proven guy in the clubhouse, right? I mean, he's got the personality. He can come in and he can rally a team and he can be that leader. The question is, is with the Padres sitting at 18 and 28, when are they going to see a return on that money? When do we think that the Padres can start getting in that mix to challenge in the National League West? Well, they're going to have to get a lot more talent than than Eric Hosmer. And, you know, I mean, shoot, he's hitting 277 right now. I mean, it's not like he's having a terrible year. But, you know, we are used to Haas hitting 300, right? So, I mean, he's a little below his average. But, you know, plain and simple, I said this on the show, uh, I think maybe our first episode. You can add one player to your team. But if the rest of your team stinks, it's not going to make a difference. Right. And that's pretty much what the Padres did. They went out and spent a ton of money on Eric Hosmer. And still to this day, I don't understand why Eric Hosmer did it other than the money. Uh, you know, why would you go to such a terrible team uh, with no no chance of really winning? Now, I will, say, we this, did Ryan, go I will over, say this, Ryan, that if you wanted to offer me that much money to come play and live in San Diego, I would take it in a heartbeat because San Diego might be my favorite city in this country. It is amazing. It's amazing, but as a baseball player, you want to win. True. Uh, you know, you want to win games. You want to win World Series, and he's not going to do that in San Diego. Now, look, whenever we went over the minor league list, I mean, shoot, San Diego had, what, nine or ten of the top 100 prospects. You know, so in five, six years, yeah, the Padres might be really good. But Eric Hosmer is going to be at the end of his career in five or six years. Or maybe not at the end of his career, but you know what I mean. You know, he's not going to be the same Eric Hosmer he is now. Right. In six years. So, I mean, I don't understand the move there. I don't understand the move from San Diego. I don't understand the move from Eric Hosmer. Uh, you know, granted, I think he kind of knew that that the Royals were not headed in a, a positive direction either. But I, I don't understand him going to San Diego. And I don't understand San Diego spending that much money on him. Uh, besides maybe next offseason saying to a, a top free agent, hey, we're going to pair you up with Eric Hosmer, right? I mean, that that's kind of uh, an incentive for someone to come there. But you're well, right. It's a beautiful city. It's a beautiful, beautiful city. And, you know, that should attract players out there. But players aren't going there because they stink. You yeah. know, uh, well, they want to win games. Yeah. I mean, now you do have Will Myers out there. And, I mean, he he is not a scrub, right? So, so maybe you're onto something there, Ryan. Maybe in the offseason they approach a free agent and say, hey, Let's put you in this lineup with Haas, 
with Will Myers and with a lot of this really good young talent around you guys, you know, maybe we can catch lightning in a bottle. Uh, the big thing for the Padres is that pitching staff. I mean, you, you've got strong clubs in the National League West. You have got to have good pitching, especially to make it to the postseason. And they've got to find out who are those horses that they can ride to, you know, get themselves out of a losing streak or who, who can you count on every fifth day to go out and have you in each and every game that they start, you know, who's on the back, you know, they got to figure out who's filling those pitching roles because like we've, like we've talked about so many times, Ryan. Yeah. You might have the offensive firepower to get you to the postseason, but once you do get there, you got to have pitching. And I'm not sure if the Padres know who it is they are relying on yet. They've got some very intriguing young names that are on the way or that have, you know, made some debuts. Uh, but I don't know that they're really sold on what they have yet or, or, or maybe not sold, but maybe they're not certain yet. Yeah. Um, Eric, I know you're trying to pretty this up for him, but their third leading hitter is Eric Lauer. Um, I'm going to bring that up because he's a pitcher. Okay, he's a pitcher, and he's their third best hitter. <laughs> but, you know, uh, a positive note, a young guy on their team, uh, Travis Jankowski, I mean, he's having a pretty soft year. I mean, he, he's he got a 370 batting average right now uh, with 54 at-bats. I mean, so he's not up there in at-bats, but still 54 at-bats, 370 average. I'll pretty it up for you Padres fans. That's right. pretty decent. Exactly, exactly. So here is my question for you, Ryan, whenever we're talking about the NL West. You know, usually we say, you know, how how do we think that they're going to finish in the end? You know, what what's the one through five going to be? I, I don't want. I don't even want to do that. I want to ask you this question: How many teams in the NL West get into the playoffs? Oh, that is a a tough, tough question. Because I believe when we did this earlier, I said three. I uh, you did. Yeah, I'm definitely. I, I'm a little skeptical on that. Actually, I'm not skeptical at all. That's not happening. I, I don't think anyone saw this happening to the Dodgers. To be fair, I don't think anyone did. Yeah. So, um, no, there's not. You know, I could see possibly maybe only one uh, coming out of this division. Uh, well, I mean, look, man. How for real is Philadelphia? How for real is Atlanta? Uh, the New York Mets have came back down to earth, which I predicted, but we won't brag on me right now. You know, um, Milwaukee is good. (laughs) You know, uh, Pittsburgh is off to a very good start. St. Louis and Chicago, the, uh, the whole central is right there within two and a half games of each other, you know? So, I mean, right now, if I had to say, I would say probably the only team that's going to make it out of the West is the champion of the West. Uh, I mean, if the, if these teams continue to play well, now look, Washington, in my opinion, is still going to win the NL East. Uh, where are the Phillies, Braves and Mets going to end up? In hmm. my opinion, the Cubs are still going to win the central with Milwaukee right there on their Hills. So there's two teams right there out of the central where are the cardinals and pirates going to end up you know i mean that's kind of the nl is very interesting this year because they're they're 
underperforming pretty overwhelmingly. <laughs> I mean, um, right, right. to well, a okay. certain extent, besides like these teams we didn't expect, like the Braves, the Phillies, the the Brewers, the Pirates, you know, all of these teams are playing really well. But then these teams we thought for sure we're going to make the playoffs at the start of the season are playing terrible. So, yeah. you know, who knows? But right now, if I had to make a pick, I would say Arizona, Chicago, Washington, Milwaukee, and the Cardinals. There's my teams right now. Okay, so you kind of you kind of jumped ahead of me on my next question, which is perfectly fine. I agree with you that I think we may only see one team out of the West whenever we thought potentially could see three. Now, the thing I find very interesting there, Ryan, is that you still have a division with three teams in the in the playoffs in your prediction. I do, and, and and I don't think you're off base either. I think the Central is. And we could talk about this because we, you know, this is the last division in the National League that we are talking about during this little um, series that we're doing. I, I think I, I think that's a, I think that's completely, you know, warranted. I think that you could see Milwaukee, St. Louis, and Chicago, all of them in there. I think Pittsburgh might be good enough to at least make it tough on them, like. I think they are going to kind of come back and play it what more like what we expected them to. Uh, but, you know, obviously I think they're better than many of us thought. But, yes, I, man, I, I don't know. The one thing that I'm still not convinced of, Ryan, is the Nationals winning the East. Like, they have come on, but it's still not not to the level that we expected them. And, you know, I think you're right. I think Philadelphia, they're going to – I think they're going to fade at some point because uh, they're still another year or two away, in my opinion. But Atlanta is very interesting, man, because with Atlanta, they have brought up some top prospects, and they are flourishing right now. I'm, I mean, it's incredible, incredible. They lead the National League in runs scored. <laughs> with a bunch of rookies. Mm-hmm. I, but that's my problem. And trust me, uh, you know, to my good friend, Andrew Teaster, who's probably going to listen to this and all you other Braves fans, I I wanted so bad when I just made those picks to pick Atlanta in there. I, I really do uh, because they are such a talented team. But it is hard for me to believe that these rookies are going to continue this for an entire season. Well, you if know what they I might, did, all right. it would be something that we had never seen before. So, I mean, I, I don't know. You know what I'm going to do right now, Ryan? Just to make our good friend Andrew happy, I'm going to say Atlanta's going to win the division. I think they're going to get into the playoffs, and then they are going to put themselves in a position to say, hey, Bryce Harper, this offseason – Buddy, you need some place to play ball next year. Look at what we've got on the field. Why don't you come be a part of this? And why don't we start another, you know, two run of Braves dominance in this division? I think that's I think it's going to happen. I think it can. I think it's setting up perfect. And how how amazing would that be to see a superstar player go to a team like Atlanta? I mean, you just don't really see that. 
first of all, I want to say this. Uh, I 100% agree with you about Bryce Harper going to Atlanta. In our show, when we talked about Bryce Harper, I mentioned Atlanta. Because with this young, talented team that they have, this new ballpark that they have, the money that they have to spend, it all makes sense for Bryce Harper to wind up in Atlanta. And believe you and I, if they make the playoffs this year, they have a substantial shot at landing Bryce Harper. Because like I just mentioned, they have the money to get him. Okay, so I I agree with you. I, I don't see them winning the division. Next year, I definitely can see them winning the division. But it's too hard for me to believe this soon into the season that they're going to make a run towards the playoffs. It's just, it's too unfathomable for me to believe, but Hey, I think, I think Asuna is for real. Um, you know, these young guys, man, um, I don't know. They're just doing something special. They're just, but you're talking I, about 20 year old kids. I, I mean, I know, it, right? it just doesn't happen. I mean, outside of King Griffey Jr. It just doesn't happen. And you're talking about several 20 year old kids. I mean, you're not talking about just one. You're talking about two, you know, making this happen. It's just hard for me to believe that for an entire season that they're going to, to, to win this division. At some point, Washington has to wake up. And they're starting to wake up a little bit. I mean, they're 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. They're on a four-game winning streak. I mean, they're starting to wake up a game and a half out. You know, um, Washington's going to win this division. Now I will I will argue that with you all throughout the season until the very last game, uh, whenever I am proven to be correct. But <laughs> you know, Washington is too talented to lose this division, plain and simple. Now, look, if they didn't have Washington in their division, sure, I'm right there with you. But they do have the Nationals in this division, and the Nationals have the pitching staff to win this division. The Nationals have the pitching staff to win the World Series. The Nationals have the, the, the lineup to win the World Series. So it's just hard for me to believe a World Series contending team is going to lose a division to a bunch of 20-year-old kids. It's just too hard for me to believe. Well, we'll see. Now, one thing that um, those lineups, both in Washington and Atlanta, both have is some elite duos in their batting order. Ryan, this was something that came out on MLB.com this week that I thought was just a really fascinating discussion that I wanted to have with you here tonight is the best back-to-back lineup duo in the majors right now. So let's start with Washington and Atlanta because they made the list. In Washington, obviously, you've got uh, Bryce Harper and then Anthony Rendon, right? Uh, I mean, Harper, I think – I, I keep saying this, but it's it's just because it's true. I have not seen someone do what Bryce Harper is doing since Barry Bonds. So it's just amazing. But then you go over to Atlanta, and they have Freddie Freeman, and they've got Asuna now. And, and Asuna's proving why he was the best prospect in baseball. Uh, but let's, let's look at a couple of the other ones, because I want to hear your take on who you feel is the best back-to-back duo. Uh, we look at the Yankees. You got Judge and Didi uh, Gregorius out there. You got Chicago. The Cubs have Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, which that's a very tough one there. Houston, the reigning champs, Altuve and Correa. And then we come to the Angels, who had pop, you mean, arguably the best 
all-around player in the game and Mike Trout. And now hitting right there with him is Showtime Otani. So let me give those to you one more time, Ryan. Aaron Judge, Didi DeGorius, Bryant Rizzo in uh, Chicago, Trout Otani for the Angels, Altuve Correa in Houston, Harper Rendon in Washington, and Freeman Asuna in Atlanta. Out of that list, who are you taking, or, or do you think there's a better duo that didn't even make the list? This list, and this is going to be one of those shocking moments, this list is garbage. Okay. Oh, wow. MLB.com, this is garbage. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to, to talk about Bryce Harper for a minute. Okay. The man is currently hitting. Do you know what his batting average is? Uh, it's like around 270 the last I checked. But... It is 232. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Okay. 232. This man's hitting 232. Okay. Okay, but let's talk about – Tell me what his on-base percentage is. Oh, okay. I, I will. I, and <laughs> okay. I knew you were going to say this. I knew you were going to say this because you love Bryce Harper. His, his on-base percentage is 396. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty darn good. You know, not bad. Uh, but was he a month ago having a Barry Bonds-type season? Yes. Has he cooled off tremendously? Yes. So – I'm not going to put Harper Rendon in this. Uh, I just I, – I can't do it. If we're talking that. right now – I mean, Rendon's not even hitting 300. He's hitting 276. Uh, you know, he only has four home runs, 11 RBIs. It's ridiculous that these two are on this list. Okay, so who's, okay. Your, who's your best duo? Oh, I'm not done. I'm not <laughs> done dissing on MLB.com yet. No, no, sir, I am not done. Uh, because this list is absolutely ridiculous, and I'm so glad we brought it up uh, because I, all you Yankees fans out there might be happy that I am now picking them in the playoffs. But as for this um, DD uh, Judge one-two punch, whatever you might call it, Judge is hitting 300. Okay, He does have 11 home runs. He does have 35 RBIs. He's got the power there. Okay, no doubt about it. Didi DeGorius isn't even hitting 250. He does have 10 home runs, and he does have 30 RBIs. You know how I feel about these power hitters that swing for the fences every time. That one's not terrible. It's not as bad as the Washington one, but it's still not great. Okay, and then, and I will give you my pick here in a minute because okay. it's, a, it's a solid one. But um, then we're going to go to the Cubs, right? Uh, you know, uh, Bryant and Rizzo, man, two great players. But we're talking about this year, okay? We're talking about this current season. Chris Bryant is hitting 301. He does have eight home runs, 22 RBIs. Not bad. He's having a pretty good season uh, to start it off. Then we're going to go down to Anthony Rizzo, who's hitting a whopping 195. Why are they on the list? Can anyone explain it to me? Can you explain it to me why we have a 195 hitter on the best back-to-back duos? Then we're going to go to Trout and Otani, both having phenomenal, phenomenal years. But they're not even back-to-back, okay? So if we're going back-to-back duos, they usually don't even hit back-to-back in the lineup because Pujols hits the cleanup spot. And Otani, well, right, whenever he does right, – Recently, recently, he, yeah, recently they have moved into and and now 
for MLB's uh, sake, I will say that they did mention that it was only because Otani had been slid in there with Trout a recently. Few, yeah, a few games. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that was why they were able to put him in. They were and they were happy about that. And, and I'll give MLB.com that, and I'll give them this pick because both of them, you're talking about. You know, uh, Bryce Harper, I'm talking about Mike Trout. And ESPN yeah. did an article. You. You. Yeah, ESPN did an article the other day talking about how Mike Trout might be having the best season in baseball history if you look at his war. No one has had a war since Babe Ruth. Since Babe Ruth, back in the statistical days where the statistics were out of the roof, you know what I mean? I mean, so this is a very solid one, you know, um, if you're putting them in. And on this list, I'm going to take Altuve and Carrera because Otani does not bat every day. He doesn't yeah. hit every day. So that's why I'm going to slide them in because that is a very solid two. Those were the only solid ones. Trout and Otani and Altuve and Carrera. The rest about, of them. What about Freeman and Asuna? Freeman and Asuna is a good one, but you're talking about a guy who's played in 20 major league games. I'm not going to put him in the best in the major leagues. Like, come on. Uh, I, I need to see, you know, 60, 70 games out of this guy before I'm going to consider him one of the best players in baseball. Like, you know, I don't think as a player who's only played in 20, 30 games, he should even be on this list. But if you're going to put him on the list, yeah, I mean, sure. In the 25 or what, how many ever games he's played, he has started out his career fantastically. But he doesn't deserve to be on this list. But I'll I'll give you that. But Otuve and Correa, they do deserve to be on this list. And of this list, they are the best back-to-back duos on this list. But the best back-to-back duo in baseball, in my opinion – is J.D. Martinez and Xander Bogarts. It, it, <laughs> how they're not on this list is beyond me. You're talking about two 300 hitters, two power hitters, and two hitters who have led their team to a 30-15 and 15 start. But you're going to put a guy who's hitting 195 on this list? I, I, could, I think I may be able to tell you why that gets overlooked, Ryan, and it's simply Mookie Betts. I think he gets so much of the attention. I mean, he is, you know, he's up there in that MVP talk, right? With, with Trout, with Otani, and I think when you talk about Boston, you just nav, you know, nav, naturally navigate over to talking about Mookie Betts, and it takes the shine off of Martinez and Bogarts. I, that's my opinion, but I think that it's a, you know, to try to answer why, you know, your question of why. I think that's the best one you're going to have. Yeah, and I get that. Hey, the guy's hitting 371 this season. Yeah. Absolutely. But they're making a back-to-back list, okay? Right. They're not making a best baseball players list. So they have no excuse to not have that pair on there and have other pairs on there that just don't make any sense. Uh, you, Whenever you think of Judge and, and, and Didi, you think of home runs. You think of the New York Yankees. That's yeah. why they're on the list, right? And, and the Nationals, they just threw Rondon in there, basically. And you got to put Bryce Harper on any list. But once again, Bryce Harper's got to start making contact with the ball like he was in April. Uh, I mean, 232. You have two players on this list who aren't even hitting 240. 
Like, it, you know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But I, I've had my spill on MLB.com and their ridiculous back-to-back list. But my pick would be those two, Xander Bogarts and, and J.D. Martinez. Yeah, Let think, me hear yours. Okay. Well, I, well, first of all, I think that's a very, very solid pick, right? Um, I th- also think, you know, when we're looking at just the list, you know, I know you said you liked Altuve and Correa. I think the inner, and, and I know it's back to back, but I think the inner, the the one thing that you can't overlook is also um, who is leading off that that lineup, you know, ahead of these guys in George Springer, right? I mean, th- that's mm-hmm. that is a deadly trio there in Houston. I mean, Houston is just so ridiculous right now, right? I mean, like, can we? Do we are we going to be surprised if they are able to defend that crown and go back to back? Um, you see what I did there with the back to back, but uh, yeah, I got, I got the, but, I got the, but, I mean, honestly, they could, I mean, when you got those kind of players in lineup and you got the pitching that they have, I mean, they are one of the favorites. So I think you're, I think you're right with, or I think that's a very solid pick from this lineup that you said, um, you know, I'm not going to go outside the box and I'm just going to say, while you are right, while it's not an everyday thing, whenever Otani and Trout are next to each other in that lineup, I, I think you're hard to beat them. I mean, you know, you you pointed it out, Ryan, that Trout is having possibly the best season that we have seen since Babe Ruth, and yet it's a very real possibility that if he can keep it up the rest of the year, that Otani's taking the MVP home. Because he's doing it on the mound and he's doing it at the plate, I, I think the fact of what he is doing with the bat honestly surprised me a little bit. I thought he was going to come in and eventually be a good hitter, right? That he was going to have to adjust to this league. And, you know, spring training kind of said that as well. You know, he did not look great, but he has shown, hey, I'm making it count when it counts and I can hit and I belong here. I don't know. It's it, how, how crazy is it going to be if Trout carries this on throughout the year? Otani carries on what he is doing from the mound and from the batter's box, and Otani takes home an MVP over his teammate Mike Trout, who we both said you know may be the best all-around player in the game. That won't happen, but I mean, uh, I do get what you're saying. That would be crazy. But if both of them continue to have the seasons that they're having, there's no way Major League Baseball is going to give a rookie uh, MVP over Mike Trout. That's just not going to happen. But I, I, I do agree with you. This has the potential to be something very, very, very special. But I'm going to go back to what I was saying with Ozuna. You know, I don't have enough yet on Otani. Uh, you know, I have a very good sample size of him. I see the talent in his pitching. I see the talent in his hitting. And, you know, it's something that I, I've never seen. You know, yeah. um, you've never seen. No one, you know, that's probably listening to this show has ever seen. You know, so I, I get it. I'm just not ready to put him up there yet. I, I'm definitely not ready to call him an MVP yet and and everything. But, you know, that's just that's just me, right? I mean, that's just me hating on young players because I, I, I need a full season out of them before I can say, wow, this kid's going to be a star. Because guess what? Baseball is a cruel game, guys. 
you might have a great two months and then you might have the worst four months you've ever had in your entire career. No one knows. Baseball's so unpredictable. I don't think that that's going to happen with Showtime, by the way. I, I think that he's going to continue to have a great year. But at some point, he's going to slow down. I mean, he's going to have to, uh, you would think. But who knows? Uh, you know, and none of us thought he was going to get off to this great of a start. But, you know, well, there was so much hype surrounding him. And guess what? He's lived up to the hype and exceeded it. So, I mean, who am I to say that he can't win MVP? Well, and that's just it. I mean, when you're playing in a lineup with the best all-around player in not only the game, but probably the world, I mean, Mike Trout is going to push Otani, right? He's going to push him to be the best version of himself each and every day. Because if he's not, then guess what? Everyone's paying attention to Trout. I'm not saying that there's that competition that kind of you know jealousy type competition but i think there's definitely friendly competition between the two they seem like they get along very well and so it's gonna be something that's very interesting to i think we got a couple of uh of really good duos here and i'll you know i'm loving hearing what you think i think we put it up on our twitter poll on our account and and get the listeners involved in this so guys you go to our twitter page it's at out of the pen underscore TS. That is at out of the pen underscore TS. And we're going to put this poll up. Out of those three choices, Trout Otani, Atuve Correa, and Ryan's choice of Martinez and Bogarts, who do you think is the best back-to-back duo? Or is this someone that's not of the you know, not one of those three? I'm like, I'm very interested to see what people think. And I think I cut you off there, Ryan. What were you getting ready to say? Uh, could you also make an option that MLB.com is whack? Can you put that as an option on there too? I think we'd we'll, like to get a 90% on there or higher. We'll think about it. We'll think about it. Okay. Hey, Eric, I'm going to tell you what. Before we do our wrap-up, I'm going to throw you a curveball. Oh, okay. Yes, I'm going to throw you a curveball. And, and people, this was not scripted. Eric has no idea what I'm about to ask him, and this was not on our our – our, our preparation sheet or anything, uh, but it's something that I want to bring up to you because I find it very interesting. Okay. The legalizing of sports betting hmm. is something that we did not have on our roster to talk about tonight, but, and we won't get into it because I, I'm sure we'll talk about it next week. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys want to hear about it. So um, we'll talk about it a little next week also, but I'm just going to ask you one question okay. because if you ask me, this changes baseball in a way, right? Uh, you go into locker rooms in baseball, a sign you're going to see is no betting on baseball, okay? It's it's in baseball's pastime, right? I mean, right. How, many, how many players and careers have been affected by this? So the legalization of it now opens up a world of terrible possibilities for baseball. Uh, and it affects baseball more than it does basketball, football, any of these other sports because of stats, right? I mean, you have all these crazy, crazy things you can win on in, in, uh, in Vegas, you know, runs scored, runs allowed, all these crazy things that you can run. Uh, so, actually, I have two questions. Do okay. you think in the next five years we're going to have a story – that is going to involve a player maybe not trying to hit to win that bet for a friend or a family member or maybe for himself. So I want you to answer that question first. 
And then the second question, do you think now that this is legal, Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame? And yes, I understand that it was not legal whenever he was managing. But do you think that this helps his chances at all in making the Hall of Fame? Okay. Those, those are good questions, right? Um, you know, I think – I don't think you're going to see guys going up there and, you know, performing poorly on purpose. I just don't think it's going to happen because in the long run, it's going to hurt them more than it ever helps, right? I, I, you can make so much money, and, and there's just more and more money each year, right, that, that's available. So if you just go out there and you play well, uh, no matter what situation you're – family, friends, whatever may be in, just go out there and do your job and you're going to be able to take care of them because there is a lot of money in baseball and there's more coming in all the time. So I, I don't think you'll see it. Um, you're giving me the morally correct answer. What I'm saying is a player could go place a $500,000 bet, okay, at say two to one odds that it's going to happen, and make a million dollars in well, one night. But that's off of. But that's where. You, that, but that's where it's not like it's just because it's legal there. They still have to follow Major League Baseball's rules, and Major League Baseball is <laughs> not going to allow their players to bet on baseball. So of course they're not. That's why yeah. you're going to have a brother or a sister or someone else go do it. Baseball has to make a stance on this. Baseball says, okay, yeah, it's legal to bet on games, but it's not legal for you or your family to bet on games. Yeah. They have to strike down this in the offseason, or it's oh. going to lead to terrible, terrible things for baseball. I, I think I think they're going to. I mean, I, they're they're going. I mean, they've shown that they are willing to crack down on stuff and dish out some severe penalties for things. Um, so I, I don't think that it's going to be an issue. You may have guys, okay. you may have guys that, that, you know, test it and mm-hmm. find out that, you know, testing it was the wrong choice. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not saying you won't, you won't say it at all, but you're gonna, if you do, it's going to be someone that's just stupid. I mean, yeah, I don't know a nicer way to say it. I mean, if, if these players run that risk instead of just playing their game and earning – the, this vast amount of money that's out there for them, then you know that you're you're just dumb. I mean, I mean, you could say the same thing about steroids. Yeah, you know, you yeah, know I mean, it, it's the same exact thing, but yet every year someone gets caught. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now the Pete Rose thing, I think this is something, and like you said, maybe we probably need a longer uh, segment, longer dedicated time to this topic. Yeah, I'm just asking because, for your short answer. Yeah, my short answer is. Pete Rose should have been in the Hall of Fame a long time ago. Amen. Amen. A long time ago. I mean, Amen. you cannot argue about what he did as a player. And you know what? Betting had nothing to do with what he did on the field. Do I agree that you don't put him in ever as a manager? Yeah, don't put him in as a manager. That's fine. But Pete Rose, the player, should have been in the Hall of Fame years ago. So does this hopefully – Make it where I mean, because you know, there, there's it seemed like there's may have been some talk and maybe some some uh, distance has been taken between the front office of baseball and uh, Pete Rose. You know, maybe that gap has you know dwindled some, and they're closer to it. So, 
I mean, the best thing that could possibly happen out of this decision is that they say, okay, let's take care of Pete. You know, let, let's let's get him in there. He deserves it. That, I don't know. I, I could go on for a long time on this, Ryan, but the, the bottom line is Pete Rose, the player, Hall of Famer. Pete Rose, the manager, don't even talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it will help his case a little a tiny, tiny, tiny bit. And him doing his analysis, I think, on TV and all that stuff, I think that that helps yeah. a little. Hey, It is the Bobby. biggest travesty in baseball history that the greatest hitter to ever play the game, possibly, is not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a travesty that I will never get over, and I pray that this helps a little bit towards him getting into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, and you know, tiny things can go a long way, right, Ryan? So we'll, we'll see. Absolutely. We'll see. Well, hey, we're gonna, you know, we've we've been talking for a while. We're gonna wrap it up, guys. But you know, just because we're ending tonight's show, that doesn't mean the discussion stops. Like we said earlier, go to Twitter, go follow us at out of the pen underscore ts, <laughs> and not only follow us, but interact with us. Like I said, we're gonna put this poll up. Who do you think is the best back to back duo? Go on there, you know, vote in the poll. And then hit the comments and tell us why you voted what you let us, you know, have that interaction. Let us talk with you this week. And then every Wednesday, make sure you jump on there and we're, we're going to put up, you know, we'll pin it right there to the top of the account. We're going to have Twitter topics. We want you guys to send in, you know, what is the thing that's going on around the baseball world that is catching your attention and you really want to hear us talk about on the show. We want to make sure that we are speaking to the things that are most important to you guys. We want to have those discussions that you guys are interested in hearing. So make sure you do that for us. Every Wednesday, we'll put it up there and just go in there, drop us a comment, say, hey, you know, we want to talk about this. Or that. You know, we've had some really good ones so far, and I'm sure there's a lot of good stuff that's going to come from it. So do that. Out of the pin underscore TS on Twitter. And then you can also follow me uh, and – well, Ryan, of course, too, but I'm going to start with me because I'm kind of selfish. Uh, go to <laughs> go to at Eric Boston three. That is at Eric Boston in the number three. Follow me. Hit me up. I would love to talk to you guys just about whatever is going on in baseball that you're jacked about right now. I want to be excited with you and I want to talk about it. Ryan, where can the, the listeners follow you at on Twitter? Are you sure you want them to follow me, Eric? Let's be honest. I, I want um, all the guys. Toronto- fans to follow <laughs> right guys follow me on twitter at eric boston three uh you know <laughs> leave, leave me all your comments on there um if you would no you guys can follow me on twitter at ryan cameron 22 same deal guys get on there hate on me love on me do whatever you guys want to do i want to interact with you guys i want to talk to you guys so get on there and check me out and uh you know make sure to leave your comments and uh hateful letters to me please right guys new episodes of the app the pin podcast each and every saturday track star sports network like we said go to itunes go to uh, google play go to the podcast republic app wherever just go somewhere and find out of the pin episodes each saturday and listen to them and not only listen to them but help us spread the word i mean we've got some really good uh, feedback we've gotten some really good you know interaction on a weekly basis with some of you guys but we want to grow we want to bring more people into the family bring more people into the discussion so make sure when you're listening 
you hit that share button on whatever you know whether it's facebook twitter wherever you want wherever you're comfortable in the social media game just share it tell people about it you know um take out an ad in your paper and tell people about out of the pin podcast whatever you gotta do just help us share it help us bring in more listeners and help us grow this baseball community we've got some really exciting stuff that's on the horizon guys that we're gonna be more than thrilled to tell you about um so let's make sure we've got as many people listening and, and ready to go on this journey with us as, as we can uh i know i'm excited i'm pretty sure ryan's excited and i hope you're excited as well ryan you got anything for the people before we get off of here check out the newest episode of road tripping should be road out tripping. monday monday yes sir should be out monday uh, i'm gonna be with the uh, Cardinals double-A team, Springfield, and I should have some great stuff for you guys. I'm planning on meeting with the general manager and uh, a few of the players, so it should be a lot of fun. So check out Road Tripping on Monday. Awesome. Yeah, make sure you guys check that out. If you didn't listen to the previous episodes of Road Tripping, Ryan's got a couple of them up. Uh, Go back and listen to them. They're really, really good interviews, man. Uh, Some exciting stuff there from his time in Ohio with the Columbus Clippers. Uh, so check, just check it out. We're hoping to get more stuff going. Ryan is definitely doing some awesome stuff that all of us here at the show are supporting and, and I'm excited to see, and, and I'm hoping that, you know, my crazy schedule maybe calms down enough where I can get in on some of the fun as well, but we will be talking to you guys, I guess next week, if not before then, but definitely next week. Ain't that right, Ryan? That's right, man. Can't wait. All right, guys, we will see you next Saturday.